Welcome one and all to Vision on Sound here on Fab Radio International with me, Martin Holmes. Vision on Sound is currently, like many, a house of disease, so several of our planned programmes have had to be postponed as our guests recuperate, and we hope that they will get well soon. Luckily for me and the show, and hopefully all of you out there, I can usually rely on one or two of our regular visitors to step up at short notice and find something television related for us to talk about so that we don't have to vanish into any dark dimensions ourselves for a couple of weeks. So I'm more than pleased this week to welcome back Paul Chandler, the shy yeti, who was a big fan of the anthology mystery and terror television series of which there have been several over the years, including Orson Welles' Great Mysteries, Thriller, Chiller, Tales of the Unexpected, Twilight Zone and many more. Paul joined me for a very off-the-cuff chat about two of his favourites as we grabbed hold of a giant iron knocker and rapped timorously on the imposing and, frankly, terrifying doors of two of the great Hammer Houses of television. The Hammer House of Horror presented ITV viewers with 13 50-minute tales of terror in late 1980, and about four years later, the Hammer House of Mystery and Suspense was released and gave us another 13 disturbing and edgy tales to ponder upon this time lasting 70 minutes a week. So, without any further ado, let's push open those doors and take a peek into the darkness and talking of true horrors. Hope that somebody remembered to pay the electricity bill. Hello, Paul. How the heck are oh, you? I'm all right, thank you. How are you, Martin? <laughs> <laughs> ah, well, you see, now, I, uh, <laughs> you've, you've contacted me because you want, you want to put me into a world of horror, so I'm not quite sure how <laughs> I am yet. It's, uh, I, I know we, we covered uh, a couple of years, well, 18 months ago now, we did do a Halloween show, no, a horror-themed uh, show, but uh, we felt it was about time for us to come back to this. Now, I know that you are... You're a big fan of horror films generally, aren't you? Yeah. Is that, is that, yeah would, would that be fair to say? Yeah, I mean, sometimes avoiding the really big famous ones and also some of the more recent ones. Not, you know, mm. I, I pick and choose, and I like some of my more mm. obscure ones as well. Mm. But do you like the classics? I mean, are you like the 50s Hammer, uh, or are you more of a sort of modern sort of Saw and all that kind of... Or do you just like it all? Do you just like the whole genre? In between. Sometimes I find... The older ones don't quite cut it for me now because, right? But I think that's. I think. I mean. I think it is a bit of a case of the more the more scary stuff you watch, the more you want to be scared. Mm. So you, you are sometimes you do find you're kind of looking for the mm. something a bit a bit scarier or of a certain level, or, mm. or or it feels a bit too sort of like watching an episode of Scooby Doo. Now sometimes you, you that's watching Scooby Doo is what you want to watch, but. Uh, um, 
Well, Scooby Doo would have been playing on the on the tropes, yeah, wouldn't it, of yeah. of those things anyway, and, and sort of homaging them yeah, and what have you. So I suppose it it's which came first: did Scooby <laughs> come first, or or did the curse of the blood of Dracula I, I, come I, I first? Also, in a way, I guess I would. Pro- in a way, I probably prefer to watch Doctor Who spoof, not spoofing, but um, ah. uh, Doctor Who doing an ode to Frankenstein, or or Dark Shadows doing an ode to. Yeah. Uh, you know, so you're not seeing it in quite the conventional way. Yes. Um, you, they're using the same ideas, but it's in a slightly different scenario, uh, sort of, yeah, background. Anyway, we are today, we're going to unwrap. Well, Hammer, who were very famous for making horror films, Hammer uh, ventured into television, mm. didn't they, in the 1980s or the late 1970s, early 1980s or mid-1980s, depending on which series you want <laughs> yeah. to talk about. And uh, basically, we thought it might be interesting to, to talk about Hammer on telly yeah. today. So, but first, I'd say what crossed my mind, because uh, I, I, I've not watch these shows i i saw some of them when they were first on way back in the you know in the 80s and and quite frankly a couple of them scared <laughs> the living daylights out of me but before that there was a series that i keep thinking of when i read the descriptions of them which is another anthology series which is called thriller yes. i don't know are you a fan of thriller and i just feel that it sort of plows much of the same ground as the Hammer House of Horror did later. I mean, perhaps with a slightly more brutal edge, the later version. But Thriller has the same kind of casts and it has many of the same sort of uh, storyline sort of setups, yeah. if you like. And of course, also around the same time, a couple of years early, you've also got uh, Tales of the Unexpected, yes. uh, the, the Roald Dahl thing, which is also sort of plowing this. So it's, it's the anthology, isn't it? We're, we're basically talking about the anthology television thriller yeah. horror program yeah, i i um, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of tales of the unexpected and i i also mm. i also enjoy thriller although the the only negative this is this is just shows the working of my mind the only thing mm. i find negative about thriller is that in oh, however many seasons there are five six that they, they never mm. change the title sequence and i like a i like a good change <laughs> of title sequence i don't like a show yeah. to have the same title sequence for years and years and years but yeah but <laughs> i think the other thing is that some of the uh i don't know the attitudes if you like perhaps don't age well in some mm. of those those shows but what is it i mean as we're going to specifically talk are we going to talk about hammer house of horror yeah. and the yeah. tales of mystery uh, and imagination yeah, um yeah. the yeah, Hammer House of Horror came first, and then it was um, Tales of Mystery and Suspense. suspense. Mystery yeah. and Suspense. Um, yeah. The first one is not, not imagination. Nineteen eighty. That's, that's yeah. <laughs> it's Arthur C. Clarke. <laughs> the, the, the first one is like nineteen eighty, and then the second right. one is more like eighty four. But uh, so, what new did Hammer bring to the table that hadn't been in the previous anthology series? Do you think? Uh, well, I mean, one of the things that I like about it is that they're all contemporary. Mm. Stories, and that was one mm. of my problems about the actual Hammer films themselves. Is that mm. I'm more a fan of the contemporary Hammer films. Like, right. I'm not that. I I get a little bored of of period costume people running around and and, mm. and um. Uh, but as far as comparing it to, I'm I'm not well. It, visually, it was made on film, so it looks good. Because mm. um, mm. it has connections with well, Hammer House of Horror. Mm. It is part it's associated with um itc i don't know if that was why it was made mm. in film um mm. uh, or whether that's nothing to do with it particularly or just because 
you know, it made sense for the, for them to do that. Um, mm. What do you think, though? That I'm assuming it's a purely financial reason that they decided to go into the television market, isn't it? I mean, I mean, at this stage, late seventies. I mean, the British film industry was pretty much on its knees, wasn't it? There were yeah, still films being made, but but there wasn't a huge a huge demand for it, and so you've got this brand, which basically. I mean, this this was. Uh, I mean, this was was it Sunday nights? It was. Um, uh, but it, I think it's well, it's it's a real big uh, part of the ITV schedule. I mean, they really pushed it. They really made a big deal of this this series. From the, from the, well, I know because I didn't see it when it was first shown. Um, hmm. Wait a minute, a I, child. Well, I, I was yes, but um, <laughs> a possessed child. I, I think I discovered Hammer House of Mystery and Suspense, the second, the later series. Right, more. Well, you'd have been the right age. Well, I didn't, but I think with that one, you you say that the Hammer House Horror, you think that got quite, like, you know, well promoted. I don't think Mm. uh, Mystery and Suspense did. I think it was shown at different times on different regions, and Mm. and I didn't come across that until I was, like, in the later 80s, and I was, um, I, I was like a serial recorder of things that turned up on late night TV, on ITV. There was there was an era I, I remember this very clearly when because uh, the ITV regions were much more in in competition mm. with each other, and so and something made by a third party like ITC like Hammer would sometimes struggle to get networked, yeah. and so it would turn up at different times and places, and and then there would be shows that were being shown out of time. I mean, I remember very clearly watching at something o'clock in the morning, the new Avengers being shown at like midnight or whatever. And, and I imagine that certainly uh, mystery in suspense was possibly one of those shows they could show overnight, late night, uh, very, very cheaply at that stage. But, but they were on, you know, in the main, Prime time slots. Also, mis- I think in their first show, mystery and Hammer House of Horror was more like a fifty-minute episodes, um, mm. slightly more. Mm. But mystery and suspense was more like seventy. So you could, you oh, could, um, you could, which I think mini a bit feature like, a bit films, like thriller. Those, those were over an hour, um, and by the mm. time you put adverts into them, you're basically, you're basically probably got enough to fill a ninety-minute slot. Um, mm. And um, but I can't remember. Exactly, where when I saw my first episode of Hammer House of Horror, I feel like my friend Elaine mm. showed me one episode that's particularly uh, like one of my favourites. Which I, mm. um, I'll come to when we talk more specifically. Mm. Um, but uh, I have a feeling it, I'm trying to think whether it was ever released on video. Maybe not the whole series, but maybe a couple of tapes. Mm. So maybe I saw some then. Yeah, I know as far as getting hold of both series on DVD. Um, Hammer mm. House of Horror has always been, well, uh, more recently has been easy to come by, and mm. I, I think I only own a box set on DVD. But then it more recently came out on Blu-ray, whereas right. um, Mystery and Suspense uh, was released in because both of them only got thirteen episodes, both series. Yes, and um, and and they. Um, well, that's twenty-six feature films, effectively, isn't it? I mean, you know, or short. Well, the, I yeah, mean, you know, I mean, it, the, the equivalent um, to a certain extent, but. But um, mystery and suspense was hard to come by. I mm. th- there were two ep- particular two episodes of that series that I really liked, and 
when they released mm. it on DVD, they released it like a volume one and volume two with six episodes okay. or one or seven. I mean, there's an uneven amount of episodes. So, uh, but I bought volume one because it happened to have my two favorite episodes, which I'll come to later. Um, mm-hmm. and then I got distracted or whatever and, or didn't quite know when volume two came out. And by the time it, um, mm-hmm. time I thought about it again, it was long since deleted and I had to get a copy ah. from, I, th- I mean, it was going for silly money, but I think, I, I managed to pick up uh, a copy of the set of Volume Two for about thirty quid, which is which more than I should have been wow. paying for it. But I mean, I think compared to other copies that were like over a hundred pounds. Yeah. Um, but I really should have. Well, I mean, scalpers. Yeah, I should have had my eyes on the. Someone should mystery and suspense. I should have, and that's never been. That's never that. That's so. Uh, that sort of went out of print in the noughties and right. has never been re-released um, and doesn't exist on blu-ray so the two series are quite different as far as mm-hmm. how easy they are to sit down and watch now and i think hammer house of horror is even on Britbox because i was right. talking to a friend of mine sort of saying oh next time i come over we really should watch because uh, like, i've got all these things in dvd mm-hmm. copies but some people don't even yeah. some of my friends don't even own dvds you can't even bring your copy over because they don't the, the only way they could play it would be well actually they, some people can't even play dvds on their laptops anymore because laptops don't automatically come with them so it's a real it's a real nuisance that is a conversation that uh, we need to have one week actually about the difficulties of just being able to watch any television at all these days you know because this this nature of streaming it makes stuff unavailable yeah. that actually you can watch something one week or you can only watch it if you have that particular streaming well, service expect, and yeah, then you know it and things can vanish expect to be able to bring over a dvd to a friend, you know I always use like I I get a film and really like it and take it over to Nick's mm. house and say we should watch that. I mean, obviously mm. Nick being the sort of person who he is, he has DVDs and Blu-rays, and so that's no mm. problem. But I do have friends who aren't quite so interested mm. in TV to yeah, the level yeah. we are, and you find you can't lend them a DVD because they don't have a DVD. Oh, we're getting so old. Well, <laughs> it makes no sense. Were you a fan of going to Blockbusters and picking a film off the shelf and back in in the days of the VHS, or were you are you still much too shiny and young? Well, for that kind no, of... I, I I was on a library degree, so this mm-hmm. shows the archiver in me. But um, when I <laughs> when I first lived near enough to a Blockbuster, I used to go to Blockbuster to buy the videos they sold because right. they in the early nineties you could get like. Oh, the ones that came in the cases that were the size and, of a small bus. And they weren't, bus. They weren't yes, even I ones that... Because later on, I used to buy videos from Blockbuster, which they had kind of sent... People had borrowed for six months, and then they kind of yeah. um, they kind of retired them. But you know, my early copies... This is horror-related anyway, so it fits. But mm. um, things like Night of the Living Dead and Evil Dead and Friday the 13th mm. and Halloween, mm. they were all released on budget releases for about a fiver back in the yes. early 90s. And Blockbuster was was the closest place I had to, to pick those up. So I, I never really used to right. hire things from Blockbusters. But, uh, yeah. uh, but you used to buy, used to... buy the ex-rentals. I, I think that's uh, one of the interesting things, really, isn't it? I mean, I, even now, I go on to sort of sales, you know, retail websites like uh, Eureka and what have you, and there are still people going, oh, yes, but can you get round to releasing this? So there's, there's a lot of stuff that is still unavailable that once upon a time was available on VHS that people would you know would like to get re-released on blu-ray mm. dvd or indeed on a streaming service and it is actually becoming more and more difficult i know that's not really our topic for today but it is it's it's something to bear in mind now you particularly wanted to talk about hammer house of horror and 
Hammer House of mystery and suspense. Uh, do you wish to start with one or the other? Yeah, I think we should start in in the in the correct order. <laughs> in the chronological um, order. <laughs> but um, okay. yeah, I mean, you do get a lot of uh, really good people in that uh, in Hammer House of Horror. Um, well, like you said, thirteen hour, well, fifty minute yeah. episodes, hours with yeah. breaks, I suppose, which were uh, made by Hammer Films slash ITC mm. Entertainment. And were actually originally shown uh, September to December 1980, so late 1980, and uh, and 13 very disparate uh, <laughs> stories, really, aren't they? Uh, you know, they start with a witching, the witching time. Yeah, one thing I should say is that I think some of the the releases reordered some of them but um, mm. I'm, I'm not sure not production order yeah, or something. I'm not. again that's a, another hellish thing yeah. of trying to archive television uh, isn't it because <laughs> Peter Cushing is in one of them and I'm sure there are some mm. releases that put that one first probably for obvious reasons to have yes. somebody connected with ha- Hammer in an episode whereas um, the list I've got shows that was like the seventh episode so mm-hmm. um, they didn't no, they, they, if, if these screening dates are accurate, they didn't. They didn't make use mm. of the fact that that uh, Peter Cushing was in the in in that one mm. and put that first. And but, uh, of course, sc- screening dates for uh, again. I mean, do you pick the Granada ones because we're you know, or the mm. TVS ones, or the Thames ones, or the you know, or, or London Weekend Television? I suppose it would have been uh, if it was on at the weekend. But you know, they all had their own strange and peculiar reasons for showing things in strange and peculiar orders. <laughs> So, uh, which order would you like to go well, with? The, I'll go uh, with the, the what because yeah, the, the accepted one, one, even though yeah, the, the, um, uh, witching time. That I mean, that is quite mm. a weird, a weird one. Um, John Finch, isn't it? John Finch, mm. who was in uh, Frenzy, wasn't mm. he? The uh, Hitchcock yeah. film, uh, and and kind of I don't know. He seemed to have a peculiar career. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. in the sense that he was huge and then seemed to just disappear. And uh, that also features Prunella G, who we know from Kinvig, of course. Patricia Quinn, who was in Rocky Horror, Rocky Horror yeah. wasn't she? And Ian McCulloch, who'd been in yes, Survivors, Survivors, but he'd also, yes. not long before, done a lot of, or, or not, uh, like two or three kind of really gory Italian horrors. Um, mm. uh, and and uh, The spaghetti horrors yeah, kind yeah, of thing. The... the um, the ones with nasty things happening to people. Uh, oh, well, I mean, I don't know, because, I mean, I, I, I quite like things like Suspiria, yeah, you know, yeah. and, and Tenebrae. Yeah, and I, like, kind I, of, I, I had a bit of a bit of a fondness the, for them at the time. But the ones time. that he were in were kind of almost, because those were the Argento ones, but the, he was more mm. in the Lucci, Lucci and Fulci ones, which ah. kind of tend to... Is that, is that like Oasis and... Uh, and, uh, and, 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 and <laughs> yeah, I don't think it involved... Zombies munching on people and things like that, and entrails and things. Um, <laughs> ah, but, uh, lovely yeah, stuff. More, more supernatural for the ones that he was in. Mm. But, uh, uh, I have to be in the right mood for those ones. But it's weird to see Ian McCulloch in them. Uh, mm. but, uh, and I'm, I'm looking at it now, and he seems to claim that uh, Grandpa from Only Fools and Horses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, Leonard Pierce is in that episode. I don't recall him being in that episode. Mm. There we go. No. So what happens in Witching Time? Well, it's 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 a seventeenth century witch hmm. being transported to the twentieth. That sounds like um, um, cat weasel, doesn't it? But um, but with a witch. It does rather, yeah. Uh, it's like a dark, dark version of cat yeah. weasel. Um, <laughs> yeah, I just remember it being very um, sort of like 
hysterical, <laughs> hysterical witches oh. and, and uh, hysterical uh, funny or hysterical. More, yeah, more, more lots crazy. of shouting and, and uh, screaming and, and, right. um, okay. uh, and gnashing of teeth and things. Uh, yeah, it's it's kind of weird to imagine witchcraft in the era of of beige Austin princesses, really, <laughs> isn't it? It's, it's it just doesn't. I'm, I'm assuming. <laughs> Uh, is, I'm assuming this isn't in your, in your top three. No, I don't from think, that year. No, I don't think so. Um, but yeah, so some of them are definitely more. Mem- I look at this list, and some of them I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, I remember mm. that one. And then and there are other ones where I'm like, mm. um, I'm not sure. No, that's fine. I mean, you know, I, I can't expect everybody to sit down and watch every single <laughs> episode of everything when we come to talk about them. That's uh, I mean, but I think that's sometimes the thing, isn't it? The the stuff that sticks in your mind. From these these shows, I, I mean that's probably one of the reasons why people like uh, Mary Whitehouse would have would have frowned upon mm. them. Really, you know, putting sort of horror on it. I mean, it was. I think I get the impression that it wasn't even after nine mm. o'clock. You know, I think this this is before we had watersheds, isn't mm. it? I kind of feel that they were sort of they were seen as kind of cozy a cozy bit of horror on a Sunday evening. Again, I might be remembering that completely wrong, but. Um, that's what it feels like to me. It's, I feel sort of sitting down the day before going back to school and a bit of a bit of a hammer horror. Yeah. I mean, I mean that's obviously that first one is 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 more mm. supernatural. Well, that would have been the first one that I mean that would have been if that was the first one broadcast. That would have been the one that yeah. drew in the audience. So that was presumably the one that they thought, well, this this is going to do hammer one hundred and one. This is going to have witches. It's going. I presume it has all the gore and the the. Well, voodoo, voodoo is involved. Um, mm. uh, but, uh, apparently, Leonard Pierce plays the rector. I'll have to look up, look out for him next time. I, mm. um, I, I watch it. The, I, I do think it's a bit of a weird because I'm looking ahead, and episode mm. three is very weird. Um, episode we'll come to that in a minute. The uh, I do remember mm. the, the second one is called the Thirteenth Reunion. It's about a journalist okay. uh, who's uh, investigating an assignment. To cover an unconventional weight loss program at some sort of clinic, mm. and Warren oh, okay. Clark's in that, um, right? And I can remember her sort of. I can remember sort of. Uh, I couldn't. I couldn't have exactly tell. I can. The more I think about it, the more things are coming back to me. But I, I couldn't have quite told mm. you the twist. But uh, mm. um, it, or, ah, the twist is an important yeah. part of it. Is yeah, it? There's always got to be some some sort of. Is it a shock ending kind of thing or? Or does it just take you down one road and then suddenly do a sort of ninety degree turn in the middle of the the plot? Well, I, yeah, I just remember because there's some good people in that in that second episode. There's Warren Clark mm. and mm. Kevin yeah, Stoney. Yeah, Kevin yeah. Stoney, Norman Bird, uh, Julia Foster, Dinah Sheridan, uh, um, George Innes. We like a bit of George Innes. He turns up everywhere. Uh, but um, I th- I think yeah, it's difficult to talk too much about it without giving away mm. big twists. But yeah, she does yeah. the newspaper journalist um played by julia foster does uncover the, the mm. twist about what's going on um right bad things but, are happening behind yeah doors, well as things connect things. connected to a funeral parlor connected to to oh, the, the the clinic so um yeah it's not not a not a ah <laughs> it's a touch of the sweeney's yeah well <laughs> are there pies being made paul <laughs> am i <laughs> Am I going to consider my 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 Holland's meat I, potato in a slightly I, different way after watching that? Getting warm. Um, ah, but like my pie. The, the 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 next episode is one with Dan and Elliot, but it's really weird. Mm. Um, it's a class actor to get in. 
It's almost a humorous one. Um, he right. he plays an estate agent, and and oh, okay. and um, you keep seeing different versions of the, of things, or he keeps waking up and it's things are slightly different, or maybe his very conservative secretary is now not dressed really provocatively or or in mm. a different style or, or things are uh, 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 sort of a nightmare on a nightmare um mm. uh, and um it's, it's denham would have been in the pretty much in the ascendant at this point because uh indiana jones sorry uh, raiders mm. wasn't it? he was in the first one raiders would have been about that time so he would have been in terms of a character actor he, he would have had a very high profile. He would he would have been pulling in the viewers for that. Yeah, but it's it, it, it's a bit of a it feels like a bit like it's not padded exactly, but it's sort of hmm. it's sort of. It's, you feel it's a slight tale. Do you feel it's a it's a tale of the unexpected that's been left well, over? Well, yeah, and and it's sort of verging on silly, and uh, it's not hmm. got the same tone as. And, and I'm thinking we're three episodes in, and and and. Hmm. Some of the best episodes haven't been shown. I, I would be a bit worried. I would be, I would be putting my str- as a schedule. I would be putting my stronger be, you, episodes at the top of the season. Um, uh, and, and I'm I'm not sure that um, maybe the second episode, but I'm not I'm not sure any of these three are is, the best. It's a big question, that isn't it? Who you know who actually makes the decision when you make thirteen of these that what order they should be shown in? I mean, I, I assume they they weren't still filming them well, whilst yeah. whilst the first ones were being shown. A lot of these shows, I yeah, imagine, they were lot, all finished. A lot of these shows, there just isn't the paperwork around. I mean, we're so as mm. Doctor Who fans, we're so lucky that uh, mm. there's so there's so much. The detail. archives are so full. Um, yes, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm reading a book on Saffron Steel at the moment, and Right. Uh, it's a it's a good book, but the writer does say that the actual production or the filming dates were never kept. So, other than yes. the odd thing, um, you know, but maybe coincidental information that happens mm. to capture a date uh, that there is no mm. official dates for, and that people are having to estimate. Mm. Um, and whereas with Doctor Who, there's there every single thing is. is well, this is it, isn't it? I, I, I mean, people may criticise the BBC, but as as a corporation, they were very good at paperwork, and they did keep paperwork. And actually, in terms of now trying to find out that sort of thing, it's a lot easier. Uh, the ITV companies don't really don't seem to have the same kind of archive uh, of mm. production paperwork at all, really, which can be frustrating, especially, if, like you say, if someone's trying to write the definitive work on something. Yeah, I mean... I wish there were books on some series that I like that, mm. that, that I, I, I don't know that sort of information about because I guess mm. it takes a certain person to be interested, but there are people like us out there. Um, but uh, it's still, I, I think even so, I, it, uh, I mean, you actually look at the, the, the great big thick tomes that have been written about television programs generally, I, all of which we, we love and, and uh, admire the, the, what went into them, but the the ones that really seem to have, you know, real sort of heavyweight status are the ones for the BBC series because, like you say, the ITV ones just don't have the same kind of uh, information available. Uh, Growing pains. Yeah, I'm not sure that's another one that's particularly strong. It does. It is weird. Mm. Um, it's got. Although Barbara Kellerman yeah. always good value. I mean, she's uh, in an awful. I mean, again, that this would have been the. About a year after Quatermass, wasn't it? So, is that Barbara Kellerman in, in Quatermass? Uh, I think it is. Yeah. Um, Ringstone Round and all that. 
you know, so it would have been uh, Jeffrey Beavers, of course, who who, who uh, some of us know uh, for his, uh, his slightly um, sinister, well, very sinister performance as the master in in several big finishes. And then we come to the one I really remember, which is the house that bled to death with Nicholas Ball. Yes. Uh, now I I remember that one. I remember that one on transmission. I remember the end of that one, truly messing with my mind. <laughs> Is that the one that's got the, the the scene of the tea party with all the kids get covered in blood coming yeah. out of the pipes? That well, it, I think it's just that the uh, I think that you think the story's over and they're all relaxed, oh, yeah. and then yeah. and then the, the the strange knives that have featured quite heavily in the plot uh, make another appearance, shall we say, at the very last. That's the that actually for me that that's funny. That is my strongest memory of what you would call the shock mm. ending. I always remember a, a film from about the same time, which was called, oh, was it Dirty Mary Crazy Larry? Mm, I think it was. Uh, which was one of those heist road movies that was yeah. you know, like villains on the run, uh, American road movies. And um, and that had a shock ending as well. And and suddenly, and, and again, something like even Get Carter, you know, having that same kind of sudden, oh, ending. That one, as, as a te- piece of television, that's the one that really sticks yeah. out for me. House that bled to death. It it, it messed with my. I, I was thinking about that for days afterwards. As a well, doing about 15, 15, 16, you know, and that one, yeah, st- stuck as it were in the mind. Yeah, that's definitely a memorable one. Um, the next one, Charlie Boy. That's about an, a spirit of an evil sorcerer, but uh, an ancient African idol. Mm. Marius Goring, yeah. crikey, yeah, Angela Bruce, Angela Bruce, yeah, Jeff um, Roll, yes. A Janet Fielding. Janet Fielding. Yes. I don't yeah. I, is, is this before she was teen? I think it would it have been was just, just about. Yes. Yeah. Don't really. I don't think she has a massive part in it. So, um, yeah. you see, funny enough, to see the title Charlie Boy makes me think of Nigel Neal's Beasts and Buddy oh. Boy. You know, uh, I don't know whether they're related in any way, shape, or form. But again, it feels like you're you're ploughing the same field to a certain. Uh, when, I, when I think of Charlie Boy, I think of Charlie Hungerford in Bergerac. There we go. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, that can be quite terrifying in yes. its <laughs> its own little way as well. Now, now the following on Silent Screen, that's the one. This that, is the one with Peter Cushing. Peter Cushing one, which mm-hmm. I really think should have been probably the first episode, and is, mm-hmm. is also the first episode on some of the DVD versions I have. Mm-hmm. It's about mm-hmm. a it's about a, a former Nazi concentration camp guard um, right. who works at a a pet shop. Um, oh right. And um, yeah, I mean it's it's quite a it's it's quite a sort of is it is it uh, I mean it seems to have quite a small cast. Is it quite a sort of three hander, two hander? It's it's a very it's a very sort of intense yeah, theatrical to a, certain, to a certain extent, but it's sort hmm. of um, yes, it's sort of sort of a revenge type thing as well. Um, ah, um, right. but. Uh, yeah, it's, it's probably perhaps they thought it was a, a bit a bit too dark for a first episode, but uh, um, but then you know, I, I think if you've got if you've got well, um, well Cushing was always yeah. uh, value. I mean, I mean, Cushing's in the first New Avengers as well, isn't he? He's, he's really the guy you want to bring in to bring in the audience. Uh, it's sort of burying it in the middle of the transmission order does seem a little bit peculiar but like you say if it's such a dark thing i mean i suppose we do still have to accept that stories based around 
those kinds of topics were i mean there were still a lot of people alive who well i mean you know who had actually lived through the worst of it and perhaps found it a bit distasteful i don't know it's it's, it's weird that one isn't it i think um in, in a way it reminds me because i don't i'm thinking about it i think the uh pet shop owner that that peter cushing uh he 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 saw. It, it, it reminds me of some of the Amicus films where he's in it. Like there's one mm. where he's a, a junk uh, owns a junk shop, and the story stories come mm. from the, the 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 things that people the dishonest customers. And I, and I think the experiments that Peter Cushing are doing are almost the opposite of when he was a prison guard. It's almost so the animals mm. can be not not or or something that could be used in zoos, so animals don't have to be caged. Mm. Um, mm. But is there an image from that that really sticks in your mind that really kind of stands out as well, uh, you know, an awful moment? I, I think I think it's because the the neighbours that he asked to look after his shop, that um, the character played by Brian Cox uh, is becomes greedy and, and tempted by the safe, and then falls into a trap that um, I, it's not the Peter Cushing wanted to trap him is that he he triggers mm. something and ends up somewhere he shouldn't be and so it's uh-huh. it's, it's sort of uh, seeing what they're having to be like sort of confronted by and uh, mm. um, but yeah I mean lots of lots of twists and and things but mm. uh, um, but yeah um, and then we move on to Children of the Full Moon, which seems to be the werewolf story, yeah. doesn't it? Really, all the, yeah. and, and um, also has Diana Dawes in as uh, ah. uh, sort of the matriarch character. I'm, I'm a, Is this when she was playing against her glamour thing and doing a lot of character work? Yeah, that sort of yeah, in her career. Sort of, yeah. um, anything from about the late sixties onwards, and she's doing horror films and. And mm. she's in thriller in, in at least one or two episodes, mm. and um, I like I like I like Diana Dawes, um, but I particularly like Diana Dawes in the seventies and eighties, mm. where she's doing things that I can't. She'd stick on the Rice Krispies and, and put a bit of muck on, and, <laughs> uh, and and look a bit seedy and a little bit. Yeah, I know what you mean. This one's about uh, very strange children, though, isn't it? Which always, which always again is a rich theme for for horror when all said and done. Uh, Children you can't quite trust, yes. Well, that's, that's most, most of them, them yeah. <laughs> um, we've got Christopher Casanova in, who was only oh, okay. a few years away from being on Dynasty. Uh, oh. um, but uh, I've, yeah, he was played rather, he played a rather pointless character on Dynasty. <laughs> Did they do pretty much one of each, though, in the Hammer House? I mean, you do a vampire one, a witch one, a is a possession one, is um, it a, a werewolf one, or is it? Or is it? Is I mean, what I'm saying is, is am I being too cynical by suggesting to, that? To, a certain, to a certain extent? But there's the Carpathian Eagle, which is the following one. That has Suzanne Danielle in. Um, oh right, uh, and Anthony Valentine. Uh, yeah, and Sean Phillips and Pierce Brosnan. Yeah, I've forgotten about that. Um, hmm. Although I don't think he play, just says he plays a, a, um, mm. a potential victim, so I don't know that he's got a mm. part in it. Mm. Um, but I don't remember that one too well. But I think it, it's, mm. it's is this all? This is ritual murders yeah, and things, isn't yeah. it? This is uh, yeah. Yeah. 
that that old that old chestnut, yes. And then be, and then after that we get um we get Guardian of the Abyss, which is a, 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 a antiques dealers and human sacrifice. <laughs> um Ray Lonnan. It's funny, I was I was uh, reading about uh, Ray Lonnan and, and sandbaggers only this very morning. So yeah. But um yeah, that's that's about human sacrifice. I I don't remember that one, but that's got Paul Darrow in it. Um mm. Well, that's that's a that's a sign of quality yeah. when all said and done. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's involving a mirror with evil powers, um, and the following one. Uh, that's weird. The following one has Gareth Thomas in it. So, ah, right. <laughs> um, so that's uh, a visitor from the grave. That's the I know what you did last summer scenario, isn't it? It's the uh, the be- the body in the woods. Yeah, and and it's also got Kathleen Catherine Lee Scott in who played one of the main right. characters. In Dark Shadows, um, and she—I think she moved to Europe when she left Dark Shadows. She left before it finished, but only only a few months okay. before it finished. Um, and and this is all basically a setup, a big con. Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's one of those. Ones. Uh, but but again, it's, it, as is the rule in these things, the con doesn't pay off. Yeah, it's me, one of those so. ones where the only thing about it is it's nice to see Catherine Lee Scott in something. But mm. she plays a, a fragile person who keeps thinking they mm. see somebody who's supposed to be dead. So I think there's a lot of the a lot of the time she's quite hysterical, which mm. she often was in Dark Shadows as well. Unfortunately, mm. Not, um, um, would she have been cast because she was known from Dark Shadows? I don't. I think or, it must be just that mm. she was. I'm trying to think if she was in a thriller as well. Um, mm. She would be known to the ITC yeah, folk sure. or, or the director. It, she may even have been in like a Return of the Saint, which was also ITC. Oh, um, right. I may be okay. imagining that, but um, I know she was doing stuff more more this side of the pond by then. Um, mm. But uh, I know that she moved, to, I think, to Paris to get married to be married. So whether she was, right. whether the acting wasn't quite as, you know, having done Dark mm-hmm. Shadows as a daily soap opera for for years, she perhaps didn't need. to or need or want to do well, it. some time off. Um, yeah. Quite as yeah. Much as she had done. But, uh, um, now, so the the two faces of evil. That's my favourite episode. That's the one I oh, saw. Is it really? This is why I'm thinking. You know, this is the hitchhiker in the rain, isn't it? This yeah. is. Your, but yeah. but um, but they, they run over a hitchhiker who looks who ah. looks like the the husband, like a doppelganger, a, do, oh, do, a doppelganger. See. But he acts oh, really okay. savagely, and then there's a big. And then there's what? Right. Then, this is a rich scene. I mean, when you think about that, even that Roger Moore film, The Man Who Haunted Himself, there's, it's a very. This is kind of. You start to realise that when you look at all the this list of programmes, they're all things that later horror films have used bits of, taken little bits here and little bits there. You know, the, like I say, the I know what you did last summer, and the, and the and these the Hitcher and all these kind of things start to connect to this. And it's kind of like they were they were trying some of these ideas out for the first time, and people have honed them and looked at them again. It's, it's of, so tell me a bit about the two faces. You actually sat and watched this when you were in impressionable age. No, um, no. Well, I think this is the one that my friend Elaine showed me because it was her favorite mm. episode, and it, it, it. I don't know. I can't remember where she had a copy from, but, uh, um, mm. but, but yeah. There, there's a lots of scenes happen like in a rainstorm and and. There's the doppelganger, but then they're not sure mm. who. Um, one of them dies, and one of them, and, and 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 there's confusion right. as to which of them has died. Is it, is it the husband who's died, or because the 
the, the, the doppelganger is very violent and almost like sort of, you know, can barely form a sentence. He's very mm. weird. It's very, it's very unsettling because he's not just a, right. a, a man. He, I, 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 not just a yeah, zombie. I don't either. think it's ever explained, you know, a lot of it isn't explained as far as I can remember as to, as to how mm. it's just, so it's all quite nightmarish, I'd definitely, I'd say. And I mean, uh, it's just like somehow he's been copied, but it's a very bad yeah. copy kind of thing. Um, yeah, I mean, some sure. of it might be explained, and I've forgotten that bit because it, it's such a powerful episode, the beginning part with, with the whole doppelganger and them trying to what? sort of. Uh, Watching them now, though, do you feel that they look cliched, or is this the thing that we sometimes struggle with? Is that these are these are the originals? So actually, the cliches are in the later one, but people look back on these now and think, "Oh, they're doing that, they're doing that." But this, this was sort of being done for the first time in these films. I mean, do they feel original, or or do they feel very sort of derivative? I think they, and, no, I think they do yeah. feel quite original. Um, mm. You know, like the werewolf one is not. There's there's a setup to it. It's a new twist. Yeah, on. you haven't really yeah. sort of seen, and um, you know that the the, uh, the last one. The Mark of, of Satan. Yeah, yes. it, it, that that's, involves more trees and evil and devil disciples. Ah. And, but I don't, I don't remember right. it, any of them. Fe- is that the full hammer? Do you feel? Do you feel that, that they saved the best to last, or is it just? Is it fairly yeah, impending? Yeah, I, it's not one that that I remember particularly well. Um, mm. you know, some of some of them, like the Two Faces of Evil, and and. Mm. and uh, the silent scream and the um, mm. the house of blood to death definitely have very. Uh, mm. I mean, I think it makes Maybe me your want top three. Go back and, re- and, and watch them again. Perhaps I have. I I, yeah. I, I, I the, the only one I, I really remember sort of being a little bit not not unwatchable by any means, but it's a Denimania mm. one. It's just the tonally, it's mm. very, very different. different. And, and maybe showing it third is probably a bit. It was probably a bit, but they all look great because they're on film and and, and, yeah. and so they don't. You know, I think some of the thrillers suffer yeah. because they're on they're on video, aren't they? And I think it's also interesting that they are in the eighties, not in the sixties, mm. and there and there is there is a development, and they and they aren't sort of pulling any punches anymore in the way that perhaps that might have been the case. Uh, so if, if we're looking at this, you've got your top three. You can you can Desert Island yeah. your your Hammer House of yeah. Horror. You've got Two Faces of Evil. Yeah, and um, House the, of Blood to and Death. The, uh, the Silent Scream. Silent Scream. Um, Okay, that's that's a fairly good. We'll we'll let you have those. Thank three. you. Okay, <laughs> so I suppose we should wait five years and then and Hammer was back on TV with the Hammer House of Mystery and Suspense, which, as you said, were longer. Yeah, uh, about stories. They were obviously. I think with these with this one, I'm probably just going to have to tell you about my favourite ones because not okay. only I can tell you about some of the people who were in them, but uh, mm. because I had that problem where I had Volume One. You couldn't get a hold well, of it. Yeah. I, I'd seen certain ones on TV, and then there was a big gap mm. where I had the DVD, and then there was a much bigger gap. There were definitely ones that I'd never seen, and perhaps mm. I've only seen once since I got that volume too. But, I mean, mm. just to go through some of the people involved in them, you've got Dirk Benedict in the first one. must have been about the time he was doing the 18. Um, yes. You've got George Sewell. The, the first one's called Mark of the Devil, and that is... That's written by Brian Clemens of Avengers. Interesting that that's the first title after the last one finished with the Mark of yeah, Satan. Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, of course, Brian Clemens not only being not only connected to the Avengers, but to Thriller, as he was. Mm. As, as, uh, yes, he obviously had form in writing this kind of television. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Um, 
but uh, you've got David McCallum in an episode, mm. Terence Alexander. You've got, you know, f- famous names. All basically the character actors that you you sort of associate with that mm. era. Mm. I mean, David, I say David Carradine, Stephanie Beecham, yeah. you know, they're, 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 all, they're all big, big names. Dean, Dean Stockwell, Stockwell believe it or not. Now, does this, I mean, I'm looking at, because there's quite a few, I mean, Peter Graves, uh, if, if they are... Were these more co-productions? Were these some part filmed in America, some in, in Britain? A bit like some of the uh, Tales of the Unexpected says, were. Was yeah. there a kind of... It says it was co-produced by idea. Hammer and 20th Century Fox. So, ah. Um, there, there, is a we- there is a weird situation in, in that two of the episodes, one's called A Distant Scream and the other one's called In Possession. Now, In Possession, mm-hmm. we'll come back to because it's one of my favourites. Mm-hmm. That they were remakes of stories that had been made for the fourth season of the BBC anthology series Out of the Unknown, um, ah. which have the oh the one they well, wiped. The ones, yeah, they are they are ones that have pretty much been wiped except for the odd, mm. um, uh, you know, a few. I think an audio yeah, copy yeah. exists. So yeah, I mean, In Possession is is a, is a particularly good episode. The, um, mm. the there were two that I particularly like, really liked, and from mm-hmm. from back in the day when I recorded it off off late night TV to the point that oh, I would okay. be taking over right. to friends' houses and saying, oh, well, let's watch yes. this. There was one called The Late Nancy Irving, um, mm. which has got Simon Williams in, Christina Raines, Maurice Goring. Uh, it's also got Tony Anholt and Xenia Merton from Space 1999. Um, oh, okay. But it's got, what's, what's that, that about? That's about a woman who is in a car crash and finds herself in a hospital and, and until right. she discovers that um, that people think she died, uh, and and she right. can't leave the hospital when she wants to, mm. um, I have a feeling there is some supernatural element to do with that she might be wanted to extend the life of. It might be it might be about sort of like making an elixir out of. It. I think it, it, mm. it, it's uh, so some of the some of the uh, exact details are. A little bit foggy to me now, but then I don't want to give mm. too much away. Um, no, but yeah, I mean, it, it, I I remember enjoying it because it was the sort of you know you, you think yeah. everything's fine until you start to realise creeping, right. you know, um, that the, the, the nice nurse isn't so nice, and mm. and then I th- so so that's another one on your pile of the Hammer TV yeah, the things for your horror night and in possession the one that's the remake um, that's mm. that's a. Michael J. Bird, we've we've talked about him on the show before, yeah, that, that, and that's got Carol, uh, written that's got Carol Lindley in, um, who I was a, right. a fan of from uh, the Sidon Adventure, but you know she's been ah, in so many things, okay. and she I think she was in Thriller as well, um, mm. at least once. Um, but uh, oh, they all did the rounds. And Chris, Christopher Casanova is also in that one, so he returned mm. um, having not not playing the same no character. Um, that, that right. episode is directed by Val Guest, who definitely was a director mm. of Hammer films th- themselves. Yes, well, um, and a lot of other things yes, besides. Yeah. Yes, I mean, because he was he did the two Quaidmas mm. films, didn't he? The Val Guest, yeah. I believe. Um, right? I, I would. In, in possession is about um, uh, a couple that move into a house, and mm. and then things start to they, they find themselves like you go into a room, the door slams, and suddenly. They, an invisible bystander in, in, in a like suddenly the, 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 the decor's changed and there's a husband mm. and wife arguing or the, and slowly mm. as that happens um, it's a haunted uh, house well yeah. 
Or is it not a horse? Well, I can't, I can't ah, tell you, you that. that was, you can't tell me, no, it's right. Okay. <laughs> it's ghosts, but it, it's ghosts of a sort, not but not the, necessarily Not the ghost you would yeah, right. But you, you don't necessarily mm. know that. Uh, oh, that thing. Ah. Um, but it begets, the more that they experience it, the harder it is for them to get back to their own um, mm. the, their own time. Um, I'm quite intrigued by some of these uh, titles. I, I, I'm quite intrigued by by Paint Me a Murder. Yeah. And again, a distant scream. I don't know if a distant scream is related to the silent scream. You know. Well, there's one called The Tennis Court. Now, that doesn't exactly thrill <laughs> me with the idea of thrill. Yeah, yeah I think there's one with Susan, Susan George called Checkmate, which I think is more of a spy-type one. But um, Ah, well, it's Chizek, isn't it? It's Czechoslovakia, yeah, mate. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah, because... Which has Patrick Moore in it, which is always a, a, a mark of quality. Uh, there's... Some of these, uh, I, I, I don't recall because I've only seen them the once, mm. but uh, it's one of those series that the ones I know well, I know. Uh, but what is it that draws you to the horror anthology, do you think? Well, what, what If you were now going to have a week, you say, I'm going to have a weekend of horror. <laughs> well, not, not a weekend of horror, that's probably badly worded, but <laughs> a, you know, a, a weekend where I watch things that are horror related. Would you go for the films or would you go for these series? Would you? I, would these be the sort of high on your list of things that you um, want to watch? Or, or, or if I was looking at Hammer things, I would probably go to the TV, mm. the, the TV stuff right. because so much of Hammer is is period stuff, which I don't enjoy mm. as much. Um, mm. Or the ones I, the films I enjoy of Hammer tend to be the contemporary ones. Um, mm. uh, the, the, well, I'm sort of amazed because these, like you say, they've got writers that we know, like Jeremy Burnham, David Fisher, Don Horton, you know, Michael J. Bird, as we mentioned, you know. But I say Brian Clemens, although he only did, no, he did a couple, didn't he? That's right. You know. And even the, uh, the Hammer House of Horror, you know, the, you've got, um, you know, you've got Anthony Reed. You know, these are all names that they all went round the houses, didn't they? Well, you know, again, David Fisher. Possibly my favourite Hammer film, although. I don't know how well it's regarded. Mm. It's a 1972 film called Straight On mm. Till Morning, although it feels more like the sort of, in a way, the, the sort of tone of some of those late 60s films mm. where like a, uh, a a girl moves down to London and and, and mm. meets a man and, and, and things don't necessarily go. It, it feels quite 60s mm. in a way, but uh, yeah. um, but uh, that might be because it's got Rita Tushingham in, and she was in a lot of those sorts of films. Um, yeah, no, but it's got a good cast. It's got James Bowden in, uh, and, and it's more, it, it is very much the sort of story that they I could see them having done uh, again in in the uh, uh, in the TV series. Um, mm. it, you know, it's sort of uh, a woman in in peril from a sort of psychopathic. Yes. Um, boyfriend who turns out to be not the person they thought he was and things and um, uh, so I can see I can see how a lot of those sort of stories um, go, go Is Hammer on the telly though is it is it toned down from the movies I mean do you feel it's it feels more telly than movie or do they think they've not really made any allowance I, for the fact they're on telly Well I, I think because Hammer sort of petered out by the mid seventies, um, I, I don't think so. So, what they could get, what they were getting away with on ha in Hammer in the late sixties and early seventies, by the early eighties, probably was almost what you would see on TV. 
Because, um, mm. I mean... And do you think it would... I mean, would it have got criticism, do you feel? I mean, do you think you... I mean, could they be shown now, for example? Um, would they? Would people go? Oh no, that's too much. Or because I, I know you can get some quite strong stuff on Netflix these days. So maybe no, I don't think I don't think it compares to. I mean, some of the horror stuff I've seen on Netflix uh, mm. is is yes, it, it feels almost like um, what you'd see at the cinema with an eighteen rating. Mm. Um, mm. Um, too a little bit too much for telly uh, for the domestic for the for the domestic. Yeah, I mean it's. Mm. Uh, so what, what thing? What the shows that Netflix put out uh, are? are mm. you know, the, I don't see. It, I don't see a rating, but you do think, gosh, um, little bit uh, much. Uh, uh, well, you know, if you've let, if you've let, uh, uh, you know, if you consider, I was fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, perhaps when I saw mm. Hammer on late night TV and was, uh, and mm. I. And weren't weren't completely I, 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 <laughs> messed up by it. No, but I but they were on. That was on. I think the stuff you would a fourteen or fifteen year old might find on Netflix is far more extreme than the stuff that we might have found on late night TV in mm. the late eighties. Um, it, it's very difficult, actually, isn't it? Because you know where your own boundaries are. You know where your own limits and tolerances are. And I think sometimes we forget. I mean, you know. <laughs> For better or worse, you know, people growing up now are exposed to much more of imagery that we might go, oh, no, that's a bit much. I mean, I, I particularly, I've always been a bit, uh, I've not even wanted to see the Saw movies because the idea of it just, just makes me feel terrible, you right. know. But that's just me. I mean, I, I'm, I'm obviously a big old softy, you know. Um, so as we, we, we get approach the end of our, our hour of yeah. horror... I was like, <laughs> which I hope wasn't too horrific for you. I was going to say to you, I mean, when you watch these programs, does uh, do you find them? Are you bothered by them, or, are you, are you, or does it, or does it, is it never bothered you this kind of thing? I, no, I mean, I, I'd say that. The, does the imagery stick in your head? Yeah, but only in, in a way that would make me think. Oh, I'm going to go off and write a right. scary story now. Um, ah, right. Uh, okay. They would be. They would have been. Insp- You're not lying awake at night with images. Oh, no, they, sort of they'd have inspired me to write something. Um, right. I, They've never bothered you. We talked about way. cozy TV before, and I'd say that mm. these shows were like the cozy York, TV right. of my horror fandom. Um, Interesting. Right. I mean, you actually find sort of horror movies. I mean, you don't suddenly find yourself listening to every creak in the house or, or worrying about none of that stuff bothers you at all about. No, about I really th- and, I, and, and when I'm at my parents, we're out right in the countryside mm. with no street lamps. So, you know, when it's mm. dark, it really is proper dark. You don't get any. So, what do you think would terrify you? Uh, <laughs> out of real interest. life, just real life. Real life's far more terrifying than anything they can do with this. Yeah, okay, that, that's yeah. it's an interesting take on it. And and so you literally you've, you've never, you know, found yourself going along the road and sort of just thinking about this stuff and, and thinking, oh, that's a bit disturbing. It really doesn't stick with you in Not that. Not too way. much. I mean, I remember when I saw, and and this is a funny example anyway. When when I when mm. I saw Blair Witch Project, that was I found that quite disturbing. Yeah, other people watched mm. that and thought. That's not scary. That's just some people in some running around in some woods screaming. Um, mm-hmm. and that was very much one where people, some people found it very scary because it, mm-hmm. people with imaginations, I think, yeah. started just started overthinking it. It puts it stuff into your head, doesn't it? It's the dark thoughts that you might not otherwise. Want you didn't to always realise. If it, if it yeah, could... with, with Blair, it, with Blair, it, you didn't 
always some it took a while some you might have been walking down the road and went, oh that's what happened that's what that because it wasn't right. explained to you and, and, and yeah but other people wouldn't would have walked out of the cinema and not thought about it again and would mean, oh, well that's not very good mm. um that's interesting. See, the, one of the most terrifying things that have happened to me was Jagged Edge, and Jagged Edge is not the most terrifying film ever made. But it was the fact that one of my mates decided to leap out in the car <laughs> park, and you've got all those those thoughts about strange prowlers and people in uh, and yeah, and and so suddenly that bothered me more. <laughs> I mean, I used to, well, years ago I lived in Camberley, and my my house mm. was up the London Road. Right. Uh, oh, uh, my friends who lived in Camberley go out, and then about two o'clock in the morning, I'd be walking back by myself with cars coming yes. past, and and, mm. and 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 there was a wood on one side of the road. So occasionally, mm. the deep, dark, spooky wood. Yeah, occasionally you you might. I do remember kind of dipping into people's driveways a couple of times when a car suddenly mm. was kind of kind of going slightly slowly slower than I expected mm. it to be at three o'clock yeah. in the morning, and then you think I'll just let this car go past before I continue sort of thing yeah. um yeah. but then that's real life yeah the things that actual people can do yeah. sometimes can be much more terrifying well i think what we'll do then is uh, i think we'll pretty much wrap up there but i did want to ask you what one more yes. thing before we finished and that's really which of these things are the ones that you most like are the ones that you would say yeah people should see these the if, if they if they should track down uh, mystery and suspense. Those those two yeah, you mentioned. The, the Nancy ones. Irving and In Possession was the two that mm. stuck in my, my my head, and they weren't the only two I mm. saw the first time around. But they are the two that mm. really, um, you know, when I when, when Volume One came out, and they were both on that mm. uh, volume, even though they weren't the first. Uh, again, that they weren't. I don't know what mm. order that volume um, that release yeah. was because it wasn't. It, didn't, it again wasn't hundred percent accurate. Um, and is Hammer on the Telly worth people watching? Yeah, definitely. Do you definitely, feel? Yeah. yeah. I mean, they, 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 it's good value for money. It's good. It's a it's a good solid. Yeah, and I say twenty twenty six hours of. I horror. think um, you'll probably find it hard to get, to get hold of Mystery and Suspense, but the, the Hammer House mm. horror, I believe, is on Britbox, uh, um, mm. uh, and also easily available Excellent. to buy on Blu-ray or DVD. Well, thank you for coming in today and terrifying the bejesus out of me. <laughs> Boom! <laughs> and I, I have a box set of Hammer House of Horror, which is still in its cellophane and has been for several years. The other thing that gets me is I had, years ago, I bought Ghost Stories for Christmas, the BFI oh, yeah. set, and I still can't bring myself to watch it. So I, I, I'm not I'm not much of a one for the the uh, seeking out the terrors. I think I, I it messes with my head too much. It's, it gets inside my mind. You about, I think I can, about it When you do much. watch them, I can talk to you about those because I know those pretty well as well. Well, whistle wet and I'll come for you. <laughs> I'll whistle, yes. <laughs> oh, but not the remake. Not, thank you very not, much for your time. Not the remake, well, though. That's awful. But, yeah. <laughs> oh. Well, thank you very much for your time today, Paul. Okay, thanks again. Bye-bye for now. It's been a pleasure. Take bye-bye. care. Bye-bye. Many thanks to Paul Chandler for joining me at very short notice and suggesting the topic for this week's chat. As we pack him off back to the Shy Life podcast to meet up with his other abominable snow guests, we wish him safe travels and hope that there's nothing nasty lurking in the dark waiting to pounce. And so, as yet another Vision on Sound sits on the very periphery of our imagination and fear, thanks to everyone at Fab Radio International for everything they do to keep us haunting you, and thanks to you, wherever you are, for listening. As ever, I have been Martin, and this has been Vision on Sound. Goodbye for now, and take care. Thank you.